Hello, welcome to a Bald Explorer podcast. I'm Richard Vobes, the Bald Explorer, and with me is... Julia Hartley. Hello, Julia. Hello. We have come out to do some filming today, but the weather has turned grim. Um, So, instead of trying to make a video and show everything looking grim and not to its best we thought we would record a podcast and make it available to the lovely patrons and in fact this is something that I have intended to do more frequently and actually haven't done enough of but not to worry we are in Rotting Dean and we I've driven through Rotting Dean a few times and it's a very quaint quite old little establishment down on the South Downs at the edge of the English Channel just uh, east of Brighton and it's one of those places that you can drive through and say wow look at that it's amazing now Rudolf Rudolf? (laughs) Rudyard Kipling uh, lived here for a while in a very nice house and probably while he was here wrote some of his famous stories I can't tell you which one that he would have written here we're just strolling down I think around the grounds of his house there's a beautiful flint wall here and suddenly from nowhere a whole load of cars have decided to <laughs> descend on Long us row of them. some beautiful trees inside that garden it's a lovely old um, wall between us and the trees in the garden but I don't know if you've, if you've spotted any. I can't. I can't what, we were in, we're recording this in November, and of course the trees have just shed their leaves, pretty much all of them now. And so it's hard to identify a number of them when they haven't got their leaves on. Of course the evergreens have got their leaves on. There's a signpost here. We're right by the green, opposite Ooh. St Mary's Church. And there's a, a beautiful house here called North End House with some black bricks and a curious spiral staircase in its own sort of turreted enclosure at the end. It looks like one of those classic dollhouses, yeah. you know, where the, where the front opens up. <laughs> That's right, it's got its porch, big blue, a blue proud door, very Georgian, uh, sash windows, tiled roof with um, windows in the, in the roof, and then chimneys at either end. It is a classic... Uh, towny yeah. house from that Georgian period. They, those bricks are quite dark, aren't they? Like black, most of them. Or is, are they painted, do you think? Well, no, I, I'd have to go and have a, an actual look at them because they could be... Um, oh, I forget what they're called now. I did a piece about them before. Uh, actually, not black, not bricks at all, but I think they are. I think they're just bricks that are fired in a special way. Yeah. Um, there is a brick which is looks like brick for all intents and purposes brick but it's actually a tile that's made to look like brick oh i see i forget what they're uh, i forget the name of those now um but there's a number of these beautiful houses um one there with a lot of wood and arches and a little um what would you call that veranda at the top it, it looks a lot like a galleon doesn't it yes that's it yeah no differently then we've got the green the, ha- the house on the very the other end of the, to the Georgian one looks like um, looks like an old wind- windmill or something, doesn't it? Yes, it says Prospect Cottage. Oh, sorry, not windmill, watermill. Watermill, that's right. And there is a windmill, right. of course, um, just on the hills yeah. behind us. We can't see those, 
Um, red brick ta circular tower looks amazing there as well with the gothic type windows. Yeah, those windows, they, they look like they've come out of a, a church. They do actually, don't they? Right, in but front of us is this? This, that this, this wall that we were walking around is right. actually Kipling Gardens. Yeah, that's it. Here we go. Found a notice board. So it says the gardens were once part of the Elms, the adjoining house where the writer Rudyard Kipling lived from 1897 to 1902. And here we go, it does tell us some of the books that he wrote. It was here that he wrote Storky and Co, Kim, and some of his famous Just So stories. And we're looking at a map of the garden which shows the croquet lawn, the chalkland garden, various herb gardens. Wow, it's quite extensive. And so it's open to the public. This, this small section of wall here. Shall we go in? Yes, I think we should. The gardens and the green were originally common land where there was a village water supply. Now it's marked by the well near the southern entrance to the garden. And actually the well is just around this corner. Shall we just have a quick look at this well? Yes. Before we go into the main gardens. We're traipsing across what is quite damp grass. And there is this beautiful little well here. Surrounded by cobblestones. And it's got a little um, commemoration plaque on it in loving memory of somebody called Alfred Oakley who rebuilt, oh, rebuilt the well in 1978. This is one of those classic looking ones with the uh, wooden structure and, and the roof on top, tiled roof on top. Very much like the ones you'd get, you know, made, made up or delicately um, decorated for weddings and things. Yes. There's the little wishing wells and stuff. Absolutely. And the, the little circular wall yeah. around it that's about up to you, just above your knees. Some um, traditional woodworking as well. Oh yeah. With the pegs Peg. to keep it all together, the joints and things. Very nice. Well done, Alfred Oakley. Yeah, lovely. So we're going to traipse back <laughs> to the entrance to Kipling's, Kipling's Gardens and have a little look inside. This is definitely uh, something to come back to and make a video about on a, a much nicer day. It would, be, it would be a shame to actually film today, even though the colours are quite nice with some of the remaining leaves on the trees. It's beautiful. I see a gazebo, there's a big um, brick gazebo, gazebo. A dove house up there? Oh yes, I noticed that. And what are these? Are these figs? I don't know. There's a tree, oh no, I don't think they, they look are like, They look like very basic apples. Yes, they're weird looking. There's a tree here, which the, the, most of the leaves now have fallen. The rest of them are very long, a bit like uh, willow leaves, very long and Slight, yellow. Slightly furry, very slightly velvety. But the one thing that really strikes you is the fruit, which actually is like rosehip, but much bigger. Like a and between rosehip and an apple. Yes, I'm just going to have a look at one here because some of them are. Oh, here's one on the ground. Let me pick that up. It's a very peculiar-looking fruit, a bit like a, a mini squash. It, it does look very much like an early apple because. Um, but it's that the, hole the fruit, in the middle. Yeah, the, the fruit would have swelled, and, and that bit would have disappeared over time where we've manipulated it's, them. Yes, it's yeah. like a small apple, but with this, they've all got this little dip, as if a great chunk has been bitten out the top or the bottom, depending on how you... I think those are the bottoms, if you look, oh, all yeah. facing the ground. And then it's got this sort of crown effect with these funny little, um, I don't know what you'd call well, they them, like like little like flags. The edge, of, the, the, the edge of petal, not petal leaves, but you know, the, um, yeah. the, the, the leafy covering that goes back from the petals first. Oh, right. And inside, clearly, there is some sort of fruit 
which presumably is protecting flesh, the seeds. That flesh does look quite apple-y. It does look quite very apple-y. Hmm. <laughs> it must be some form of apple, as you say. Right. Okay, moving on. Moving round. We're following a, a red brick pathway, which is laid on the ground, and then going through well, an arch. Just, just looking to the left here, there's all those lovely trees we were passing on the other side of that wall. Oh, yes. I wasn't sure if some of them were holm oak. I think they are. That's a holm oak in front yeah. of us, that evergreen thing. Yeah. Which Beautiful. towering over. Let's go through this archway, follow the, the yellow brick road that's actually red. Following the red brick road. Which, under my feet, is quite slippery, actually. <laughs> a little ornamental maple over there. Lots of um, garden flowers here, of which, um, sure and plants. I don't know what they are. I couldn't tell you. Oops, sorry. Like uh, everything's covered in, in fine spray of water, but clearly it's, um, it's looked after by somebody. There's various hollies in there. We're through, through another arch now. Now this is the rose garden. There's no roses. They've all been pruned back down to just the thorny bases. And so in the new year, presumably, there'll be a plethora of different coloured Flowers. Flowers? Flowers. This whole area is surrounded by this, um, I think, about 10 foot high um, flint wall with numerous arches in it, buttressed by brick at one end. And there's a sign here which might help us. Kipling Gardens. The Rottingdean Preservation Society prevented the building of houses on this land in 1983 and later purchased, purchased it through the generosity of the Caton Bequest. Caton? Yeah, that's very good, isn't it? Well done to them for not letting this become a housing estate. It's a beautiful little set of walled gardens. It's gorgeous. I can see how it inspired him in many ways. Oh, is that a lovely shaped yew? We've come through another arch into another section of this garden. Yeah, there's a, um, a yew that's been not really topred, but just... Um, that's Ro Roger's Nook, I think it's Oh, Roger's Nook around that corner. Uh, yeah, the, it's been it's been light tape topering. It's just been uh, trimmed. Is the word I was looking for. Yeah. Very tall and skinny. Um, Some sort of pine behind it. There's another sign here which tells us basically the same as before but let's just read some of this after Kipling left the Elms which I think was the name of the house was bought in 1908 by Sidney Goldman a man of great energy who transformed the garden from a relatively open area into the Victorian styled walled garden with its separate rooms which is what we're walking through at the moment um, and I think, well, let's just see, we've gone through the Rose Garden, so, oh yes, that's Roger's, yeah, Roger's Nook. Roger's Nook, and if we carry on, we'll go there's through a, the Herb Garden. There's a covered walkway around the Nook there. Oh yes, that's what we're looking at in front of us. We might have a quick look-see down there and then, and then go back to go the Go back up garden. the Herb Garden, I think that's a good idea. Um, so we're going to follow this uh, red brick pathway with all these beautiful flowers. All these climbing, climbing plants. And it's covered. It looks lovely in the summer. It's only covered by a, a, a large trellis, really, um, of which the climbing plants can cling to. Um, so it's not covered with uh, a roof as such. No. There's the croquet garden up there. Oh, yeah. It's quite a large bit of space, isn't it? Yeah. And then this comes up to uh, a gate which says croquet players only, so obviously we're not 
supposed to go in there. <laughs> but it'd be interesting to see a croquet match going on. There can't be that many places these days that have croquet lawns, other than very uh, expensive big private houses <laughs> of historical nature. We're just doubling back on ourselves. Now this is a bit of rose hip. I was going to say there's one over there. Is oh, that right. what it is? And it is. And it is. You've got the, the, the vibrant, um, although slightly dull, orangey red of the of the That's buds. Pretty uh, fuchsia right next to it. Oh yeah, fuchsia. I recognise that one. Ooh, some more interesting maple type things. Really need to get more identification. Well, it's that, don't we? Yes. I. Well, it's difficult when there's so many different exotical plants. Oriental. Exotical. <laughs> yes. There's a new one. <laughs> Oriental is what I meant to say. Uh, we are completely alone here, which is quite um, nice actually to be able to walk around. Although it's very slippy, my shoes have no grip and I'm slipping and sliding. We're going past another of these funny trees uh, with the, love with the, the trunk weird on fruit. This one, Nick. It's like a plane, isn't it? In, in its way that the bark comes off, but it's definitely not a plain no. tree. And look at that up there. There's a great big oh, wow. lump of something. I don't know whether that's organic to the tree or it it's... It looks like it, there's more up there, look. Some of the oh, big round yeah. ones are leaves, but that... Very weird fruit. What, what is missing in a place like this when you... Clearly not everybody is going to know all the different plants in here is some labels. I think I feel a campaign coming on. <laughs> <laughs> now we can see the croquet lawn beside us, uh, which looks very nice, uh, wow, look beautifully flat. One. We've got some little pink, tiny little pink little flowers. Little clusters of them. They're like, they're like tiny straight bluebells, but white with little pink um, petals. Now if you turn round and look up, oh. in the distance we can see the Rotting Dean windmill looking with its uh, its sails, or sweeps as they say in West Sussex, uh, down on us uh, and it looks resplendent doesn't it? Even though we're on this very grey, fine, spraying, rainy day. It does look a little bit magical though with all that mist swirling around. And it must, you can imagine sitting here a hundred years or so ago with the windmill sweeps slowly turning as corn was being ground. Must have been absolutely fantastic. No sounds of roadways nearby as there is no. quite a few different this, roads this you whole, can hear from This here. whole bit is um, in a circle. You have to, it's a one way a street really that goes around the walls that we're in and of course, the sound would have been clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, oh, and a few yes. much better. A few carriages <laughs> um, trundling, trundling past, and maybe, the, maybe a, a few uh, whinnies, bangs as the uh, wheels get knocked down and rut or something. Yes, absolutely. Um, instead, we can just make out some traffic, but it's not dreadful. No, it's it's not enough to demean the. the uh, the otherwise sereneness of the of the gardens itself. And now here we've come into what must be the uh, the garden house. What do they call them? A garden? Oh, a gazebo. It's a gazebo. It's a wooden. But it, um, yeah, no. What do you call it? It's a little garden shed. Not garden shed. Can't think of the word. Summer house. Summer house. Yes, <laughs> the summer house. Um, and in it we have a a little plaque to Rudyard Kipling. It, with a poem called Sussex 
God gives all men all earth to love, but since man's men's hearts is small, ordains for each one spot shall prove beloved over all. Each to his choice, and I rejoice, the lot has fallen to me in a fair ground, in a fair ground, yea, Sussex by the sea. And that was uh, written in 1902. So I'm going to just see what it's like to sit down in the summer house can't Isn't think well I couldn't think of the word this and yes to be the highest point in the garden did you say that already no but you can look down just about make out the houses down towards the seafront I bet you'd have seen the sea through that through the gap through that gap before and then uh, the windmill above us so I think we will leave our little podcast here as we've walked around Kipling's gardens and I hope you've enjoyed that we will come back on a on a brighter sunnier day and make a video and walk around and show you that we'll take some photos to accompany this which we can put up but thank you very much for listening thanks julia thank you richard and we'll do more of these little impromptu podcasts and share them on the on the uh, on the group uh, rather on the for the patrons and we hope you enjoy them let us know what you think till then goodbye take care everyone goodbye <laughs>